Hold that thought. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike and my buddy, Patrick Wally. And we were in the car on the way back, and he started to make a sentence about the bike race, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, like, I don't, don't know. Don't put on your podcast voice. This. Just talk to me like you're going to we're driving up to this race thinking, okay, we don't really have a plan. We don't know how it's going to go, and we leave the race winning. But I think people, outside perspective, when you see somebody else win, I've done this before too, like, you you presume a lot. Like, oh, they just walked up there and knew they were going to win. Like, and I don't think that's the case. And I guess that was what I was just bringing up. Yeah, and I think it's, well, I and I think to put it on somebody else, like... Let's say Ty Magner won today. Super stud cyclist. We'd be like, oh, that dude rolled in like and just smashed it. But the way we kind of approached did this race, especially with being the first in real life event from, uh, you know, we had four man team. Jack's done some racing. I think did Kyle do mountain bike races recently? He's done some gravel racing. Okay. And, some, and the last top few. Okay, and then Patrick and I, we haven't... Patrick hasn't raced since New Zealand, so that was a long time. I don't know, was that 2019? 19. Was that 18? November 19. November 19? I did some last May. Was that when I stopped? That sounds about right. Corona came out, then we thought it was gone, I went to a race, and then I left early. It was May or... Georgia, right? Yeah, it was in Georgia. It was back in Georgia. So, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect, and this is really, you know, I'm getting into the, what my coach calls, like, competition phase, been a lot of, like, base building, and, you know, there just hasn't been many litmus tests, uh, went to a group ride two weeks ago, and it was okay, um, but I definitely didn't leave, like, oh, man, I am on fire, um, didn't roll the whole group, didn't roll the whole group, and I rode 75 miles there, so that, helped make it extra <laughs> difficult but it's good you can't just go in and like you gotta race you gotta race the group ride smart but i think you know we had heard that this was gonna be a flat course and so we looked on patrick looked on strava yeah. ride with gps it didn't look super flat and as we drove out there we're like you know we were talking about crosswinds classic in arkansas that's flat as hell, and that's a super dynamic race. Yeah. Like, that actually becomes a race of attrition at times because so many people are just throwing punches. Yeah. We looked at the TT, uh, TT start list came out, so we didn't know who everyone was going to be there, which we kind of, like, giggled that people maybe didn't know that we were coming, but two of our teammates were there because they're staying for the whole weekend. And there were 45 pre-regged, right? Yeah. So there were 45. It was So we were like, all right, there's probably going to be 60 dudes in this race. And um, I think I actually said that, right? 60 starters. And we were lucky enough, since it was a seven-mile loop, that we were going to do 12 times. Is that right? 84 12. miles. Is that the math? Yeah. 84 miles, 12 loops. So we went out and rode a loop once. And we were like, there was like a, it was windy. There was a, uh, like a stair step off the front. There was like a, what's that climb? A minute? A minute climb? A minute climb, full gas minute. Um, And then it like goes downhill into a false flat that was headwind. You never really caught any, any feeling of a tailwind. I felt, see the guys that, well, we'll get into in in the race rundown, but. We felt like there was a couple times we were railing like 33 
just mad. Three of us just like crushing. Other times it was like 29. And we're like, is it, te- what's going on with the wind out here? It kind of like was shifting, it felt like. In the same spot, you mean? Like, in the same spot. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like it never was consistent in the same spot of the course. But, so I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, we were, or at the beginning of the day, we were all like, let, we have these, you know, ideas of things we'd like to see happen, but you just got to go race. And I, I think we left it at like, let's try to be conservative, but if the, the feeling's good, you're going to go. Yeah. If it feels right. And when you have teammates, you can do things that are, you can roll the dice. You can like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go out here on a limb. And if, if it doesn't like work out and, and I get gas, like I've got three other dudes that are getting free rides in the back. And they're, well, it's, and that's the thing too. It's not necessarily a free ride. You're looking for the free ride across. You're stuck doing a lot of work, covering moves. Like, it's a lot, very... A lot of surges. A lot of surges. Yeah, but it's which, good. It's... Which is why it's good in your team dynamic to understand who's good at what. And it's better for me not to be doing those. And me being the one that's like, all right, you idiot, go out and ride as far as you can. And we might see you in a couple hours. But, you know, we were trying to plan to be patient watch some moves. It was an interesting start. It was like the gun went off and people like drilled. I was like, wait, is this the crit today? People just drilled it off the start line. I was antsy funny. And actually, Kyle's accelerated real slow. I was like, Kyle, come on. You're so lazy. Like, go. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going, man. I'm just getting warmed up. We're heading to the corner. It's no big deal. I was like, okay, you're totally right. Well, I think there's definitely that pre-race like, oh, clip in. Yeah, well, dude, it was, it was like a single file almost. At least up front, I was like fifth or sixth wheel. And, uh, you know, I was like, I wasn't moving up any farther, obviously, but I, even if I wanted to, I was like, that's just like, we were 10 seconds into this thing. It was, it was an interesting start, but that also that course, I don't understand people that don't warm up for a road race. Even if, you know, you gotta be opportunistic. Like if you see people going up the road and you think it might be something that looks good, like sometimes the race pops off super early, like. I I don't know. I got to ride 20 minutes before, at least. Like, I want to do... Well, and that's just your thing. You have a routine that you know is going to work. Like, sitting sitting around probably is not the best idea, you know. I just don't want my first hard effort to be my first hard effort. Mm-hmm. I want to go out. I want to pedal for 15 minutes. I want to do some, like, sustained tempo. And usually it's a race day, so the tempo is, like low threshold and I'm like oh this is I'm feeling good like lots are flowing lots are flowy maybe I'll back off a little bit today I would actually I should look at my warm up it was really more threshold and then I did like a minute of VO2 max and I was like I'm warmed up like I'm ready to go do this I Patrick and I carved hard last night and (laughs) I put in some work put in some work like all this rice and beans we had that bread we had the rice and beans we had uh, some like RX bars, fig bars. We had a couple of fig bars, although I'm on the no added sugar, which will be a different podcast. It's been a game changer in like many weird ways, but it's got me super lean. And then we've been also like, you know, talking more about not eating massive mega breakfast because like you do want carbs and I, I'm going to say it right now. I don't know all the exact science, but from what I've gathered is, you know, it takes at least 12 hours for glycogen stores to be topped off from what you're eating. So if you're only eating, you're not eating to get stuff like 
put into your muscles is glycogen. You're eating to have carbs in your bloodstream, basically, I guess. Right? I mean, yeah. And you're, because you want all your food already digested before you raise. So, I'm also we, not a scientist. So I'm, I'm not a scientist. So, I'm like just throwing out things that I've like heard on the internet, which is usually, <laughs> it's 50 50. So, since that's the half life of this information is like, it's a 25% chance it's correct. Uh, but, you know, we stop eating solid foods three hours before the race if it's possible. And it just makes my legs feel really good because the blood's not in my stomach and, like, you know, having to digest. It's getting ready to pump pedals. And so for breakfast, uh, we were waiting for the brunch to open at the Four Seasons. Just kidding. We were at the Holiday Inn. And uh, so I was crushing some honey packets because they had some organic honey. And then they had oatmeal and some brown sugar because I'm adding the sugar right before the race and a fig bar. So it was probably like 200 grams of carbs. That sounds about right. It's about right. Maybe 170. I'll go buy I know I wasn't weighing it. so. But I was like, you know what? I feel good. I don't feel overstuffed. I looked a little puffy because I was retaining a lot of water from all the carbs I ate the night before. But the legs were like, let's go stomp on this thing and right away man people were attacking uh one patrick attacked and then how did that for how did that play out because i was i what i've realized today in like talking about the race there's so much like processing like i got a lot of ram going on that i'm not saving any information like i don't remember a lot of the races it's just like there's a lot of calculating and i'm thinking of like who's doing what and i was listening to this podcast about how some a lot of athletes that find success in their sport are actually pulling a lot of things from other sports that they've played I'm like that's a really interesting thing and they were talking about like you know Michael Jordan he was an obviously amazing basketball player and even though people laughed him for being in the minors he hit like 300 for a season or something and they were talking about all these like dual sports shout out Neon Dion uh, but I've always thought of being a center in basketball, court awareness. And, like, I'm always processing, like, who's around me, who's making moves. You know, if you listen to the Raleigh Weaver, shout out Raleigh, it was good to see you today, uh, podcast that we did before, he's taking, like, crazy inventory of people from the beginning of the race so that he understands what someone... He's setting his chessboard. He's Raleigh's doing. Dude, great. <laughs> Hell, yeah, well, well said. He is, like, understanding how everyone rides and looks and feels and what the vibe is of the race so that when we're three hours in, he knows, like, is this dude about to crack or is he still looking like he looked three hours ago? Yeah, he's that, assessing for mile yeah, everybody. Super important. So how did that for initial part out? So, I mean, it was basically blasted to the first corner, and then I was just, I was started maybe 10, 15 wheels behind Brendan, and I was right by Kyle and Jack. We were kind of all there, and I, it was single file, so I just kind of floated up on the protected side. It was, that was the uh, inside shoulder, and... Uh, I just was able to, I really, I flowed right to the front, so I was, I just had the gut instinct, I was like, I'm going to get the party started, because it seemed like everybody was easing up, so, and I, we had pre-run the course, so I had thought to myself, like, I'm going to blast as hard as I can for this roller, I'm going to see if anybody's on my wheel for this little flat section, I'm going to blast it to that first, like, soft right-hand turn, and it was me and Cooper and somebody else, 
and uh, the whole field was chasing. Just expected. I mean, totally, 100% expected. So we pedaled hard. We pedaled hard. Once we were caught, there was a counter that went immediately. So I started trying to just really gradually ease back. Brendan was ahead of me. Jack saw Kyle. I was like, okay, cool. Settled in around like 20th. And then like you countered basically immediately. But, you know, uh, we looked at the file and that first counter was... Um, not was, successful. Was not successful, and then you hit it again on that up, next uphill because you kept the smart thing you did, and that most people don't do is like they give their one minute attack. Like, let's see, are people is this a small break, small group? Okay, no, it's not. I'm gonna go to the back, and they coast all the way back, or they go to 15 wheels back. What you do is you tend to stay like you slot right in a third wheel, so you can have the opportunity go again down. if you if your race sinks, and that's exactly what you did. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, so I think that's an actually an interesting point to bring up because I was talking to a guy and I actually can't remember if I just made a podcast about this a short one of like, well, I made the, the video on YouTube about burning the match to be able to burn the match. And that's sometimes what it is. Like, so it was, to, to take another step backwards, it was a really relief. Like, you know, I was getting like the little free race, like not jitters, but not anxiety, but just, I think it's a cop. Uh, maybe not. Um, you know, we're waiting on the start line, and I'm just like what ready I tell to. You, I was like, I have. I feel like I had five cups of coffee. Yeah, just ready to go, and uh, it was really good to see Patrick attack because it kind of like broke the ice. And I was like, okay, we're racing. Like, I don't want to be the first one to like pop off something. I mean, there's 60 dudes here. You come down to Georgia. There's a lot of guys that are ready to come out and swing and. It's super fun racing down here. I mean, the field, there, there were, I would say there's 30 dudes that really could have won today. Like, that I've, I looked through the list, and even last night I was up to 42 on the uh, TT sheet. I was like, damn, there are some hitters coming to this thing, which there's, is awesome. There's a lot of punches being thrown. A lot of punches. For a lot of hour, for like hour and a half straight. And so the reason, you know, burning that match of you went, I was okay, now it's my turn, I'm going to go, and it came back, but I think it's really important to stay up front. Like, I don't ever want to be in the back. And I talked to a guy who was, uh, who was one of the people that I was like, oh, this dude could win this race. He was like, dude, when you went, I was in the back. I was like warming up. And I'm like, ah, man, like, why not spend that 20 minutes so that you can warm up? Because it is going to hurt much more. If you decide to go, and we did like 550 for a minute, or did you say 600 for a minute? Yeah. 600 for a minute, but then you got to keep pedaling. It's not like you're doing a one-off effort, and that's not going to like break the bank, but if you haven't done anything and you're warming up, that's just going to really hurt. Well, and another thing, if you're if you're at the back of the race through the whole beginning, like you're doing zero assessing. Like If you really think you're going to end up yeah. playing the game, you, you've got no information even if the race is still around when you after you spent the first like three four laps, I mean, it's sometimes a really good idea to start conservative. But like, if you're at the back, you don't you're not start conservative. But be in a position to be opportunistic still. Like yeah. you don't. That's what we said. We don't have to throw the first punches, but we definitely were going to have somebody in every break, like going up the road because I don't want to be in a position where now five guys are up the road and everybody looks at us like, oh, there's four of you guys. You guys can do a bunch of work. The last thing we want. Yeah. 
So a guy went up the road, was up the road, and after I got pulled back, I was like, this just feels like a good time to go. And I just gassed it. And I looked back and like, I don't even know if people responded because it was, we just went up that climb and, uh, um, so when I bridged up to him, he was one of the people that was starting like right on the front of, uh, front of the race. So I was like, this guy, you know, I'm bridging to him because he looked anxious to get up the road. I'm like, maybe this guy's, you know, pretty strong. So we rode together for probably 50 minutes and rolling pretty solidly. Um, I think had a minute and a half and all of a sudden two guys came up behind us. Uh, like this one guy, Will, and I can't remember his last time I asked him after the race. He rides, I think it's NCC. It's like an orange and teal kit. Um, we're going to do a podcast. Uh, and Matt Guevara from Velovit from Mississippi. And I know Matt's super strong. And I, I had ridden with this guy, Will, before. But when Will came up, he came up rolling past like a freaking tank. And I was like, oh, damn. Like probably two miles an hour faster. And I was like, where does this dude come from? So the four of us are rotating. We're working really well together. And uh, the one guy that I was originally with was starting to get a little tired. And on one of the climbs, he just came undone and, and went back to the group, I think. So basically, we are the three of us. I, I didn't think that this was going to stay away probably until like 60 miles in. Um, there were just a lot of times where they're like, oh, they're a minute and a half two minutes and then it finally got to two and a half minutes and stayed there and it was two and a half minutes to a chase of five and I was like well dude I think the three of us if we just keep this going we can hang on to this but what was kind of happening back there up until maybe yeah well so like after lap one the time gap was I think like 55 seconds and lap yeah. two was 115 and then I think we got like a one 45, and then they stopped giving us time checks. In retrospect, I'm kind of thinking like maybe they, they're just like, oh, this is over. <laughs> so like they weren't giving time checks or maybe they're just distracted, but... I well, mean, because it was only... And that's maybe they were getting... See, they definitely confused the time gap between me and the two guys chasing because they were like a minute. We had a minute and like 10 seconds later, two dudes were rolling up on us and I was like, oh, crap. Like these guys might not have it totally dialed there's a lot going on for the motos and like yeah they're trying to make sure we don't get hit for just one let alone moto. giving yeah. yeah the time check so but anyways so so yeah i mean so there was a lot of singles and i mean when you're kind of policing the front which is definitely what i'd say we were we were doing these guys killed it um you want one or two guys like one guy super active one guy medium active what does that mean super resting. active Describe like that so for the first hour of the race, I'd say... And actually, sorry. Yeah. Back it up for someone who hasn't been in a race of 60 people. Like, what's happening? Like, it's not a... Gr- if you've maybe been in a Grand Fondo or if you've been in, like, a lower category 4 or 5 race, a lot of times it's just the group riding together. This is very different. So, who's attacking? Why do you think they're doing it? What's kind of going on? So, I mean, you're... There was... There's clearly the, the guys that are going ride, to be riding really active, looking to, like, make it hard, looking to kind of wear people down. I don't 
I don't remember ever going past maybe 25th or 30th wheel back. Like, that felt pretty far back to me. Kyle one time was like, dude, we're fine. We can sit back here. It was like, we're too far back. Got to move up. But the first hour, it was, it, was pretty, it was pretty active. And I feel like when I'm in that role, I have to make conscious choices about like, okay, I, like I'm doing the Raleigh thing where I'm like taking tabs on people. And like I t- right now, I'm talking about the memory being overloaded. Like I can't tell you who's doing what. But in the race, yeah. I'm like, that guy just did that. That guy just did that. So I can let him roll by himself or that hill's coming up. So if that guy goes, he's going to get caught. I, I don't want, like I, I do want a couple guys to roll away, but I want it to be kind of like a soft roll away so that there's not instantaneously this chase because I'm not worried about the gap between a few or a small group or somebody going up to Brendan. Like if anything, that like a top five is awesome. If, if Brendan's amongst five, I'll take those odds any day. That's that we were definitely racing for that. Like a couple guys making their way gradually up. Um, but you can't let that happen at the expense of the overall gap from front of the race to the peloton. If things get too crazy, smart racers will, you know, start to feel that that speed is picking up and staying up, and they'll kind of take advantage of that. And so I, I try really hard to make sure that I'm selective about what I let roll. And I think I got good GoPro footage of this whole thing. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll need a couple of days, but we're gonna try and get some of this up on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed, uh, please subscribe on YouTube. And before I forget. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on iTunes. Seriously, it helps us a ton. Thank so you. So, what, um, what's, so basically you were talking about too, like, you have one guy active, super active. Yeah. And the other couple guys, because the way I always looked at this, and I don't want to tell me if this is kind of how it was, when we were on Mount Bora, if somebody else, say Vatsy, got up the road, and I was a super active guy, I might only last two hours in that role and then it was up to like Andrew or somebody else it's like yo dude I've covered as much as I can now you gotta take over the majority of the work because sometimes it's good to have multiple guys up there doing it but it's so like on the gas sometimes it's better just to burn somebody and be like dude just go cover everything be in everything and sometimes that's the the second I don't wanna say it's not second best second person on the team that has the best chance of winning from a break like because they're the ones that are going to be following all these moves that they might get a free ride up to the break so you want someone who's actually good at winning that can like have a finishing move so it's like yeah you know this whole time i'm definitely hoping i get into a position where we're kind of gone and like i'm not going to contribute but if we have like a 15 20 second gap and it's like a good break i'll i'll throw in a couple turns because like that's probably going to be beneficial to us as a whole. Yeah. Because um, we would have wanted more than just, what if I flat? Yeah. No, what the if, whole time, what every if time I, I see someone up there, I'm like, Dad. I'm like, white socks, he wore white socks today. <laughs> I really hope that's not, oh, that looks like a green kid. And all the time, it was just riders from other groups. But yeah, you're always worried about that for sure. Totally. Like, you could have a bad day. You could, cr- like, you also as a team, like, they have to be thinking, okay, he's going to be out there for 85 miles racing. Yeah. Like, there is a, I mean, I won't ruin what happens, but yeah, I mean, people cramp. People, it's just, it's a lot of force on the pedals. You want more than one person up the road, if possible. Yeah. And just like Patrick said, though, without bringing the whole group up, without making the gap totally disappear. Um, and and we were in everything. I mean, Kyle was in a move with Ty, uh, and or with somebody else that Ty 
try to bridge up to, and Jack was in a couple things. So, like, after the first hour, I actually chilled for about an hour. I mean, it was still up there, but I wasn't covering, and Jack moved up and started covering, and Kyle picked up the pace a little bit more. He had done a good bit in the first hour, but a little bit less than me, and so we that kind of, that shift happened, and then, like, at the sixth or seventh lap, about an hour and a half or so, two hours in, it was it was becoming clear that guys were starting to get tired. There was starting to like these little like field splits where it wasn't really a break. It'd be people chasing a break, chasing a break, chasing a break, and then when you look behind, you're like, whoa, that half the field is back there. And once you know, you kind of it was clear that like Raleigh and Ty both were sensing this too. Like I I, I have to say there was some really like the Kelly Benefits guy was super strong. Really, he like did a to get away like he uh, moved at a really good time. There's people making like pretty good tactical choices, but at, at some point, like later in the race, you just kind of get a sense that people are getting tired. That's when I got away with that little group. So explain to people, how do you know when you can get away when your teammates up the road? Um, this is often asked. I think we maybe had a quick cat four question on this one, but you know, everyone's always worried about like, I don't want to chase down my teammate, which you never want to do. Sometimes people do that because they're trying to get up the road too early. How do you know one minute to go? One minute is is okay. I mean, you're trying to get time checks. You're looking up the road. If your if your teammates in sight, it's not. You can't do any. Don't do anything. If you get if you touch the wind, you're screwing yourself and and your teammate over. Um, a minute is not safe. Two minutes is not safe because. You know, you get the scent, and then all of a sudden it's just on. Yeah. Three minutes, okay, it's starting to feel good about, like, because then all of a sudden people are like, man, that's a, that's a gap, and there's these two chasers, and then, you know, you just start to get, the whole peloton starts to ride a little differently, and you're getting later into the race, and people are getting worn out, all these things kind of play into it, but it, I wanted to hear four minutes, that's what I wanted to hear, and I, I heard that when I was in our little break, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, it's also too if you do happen to make a mistake and that if you make an error and you you know get in a group and you're rotating and you can see your teammate immediately just tell the guys that you're with oh man I can't pull anymore like my teammates right there and they will not be happy with you but who cares you're not there to make friends with them right now you're frenemies you're you're friends until you have to screw them over it's a bike race it's, I said that more than once today yeah it's just like, like I'm, I'm really sorry my teammates right there like gotta take it easy i'll help later down the road um and that's kind of you know we we were going man this is a long one we're coming up in 26 minutes so we were basically we were riding well um we were taking the climb the one minute climb which is the biggest climb of the day on that course um like probably a couple times we took them around threshold a couple times we took them a little bit over maybe like 120, 125%. Um, a couple times, either Will or Matt would like push it a little bit. And I don't know, you know, maybe they're like, and I kind of did it one time too. Just, I think we're all thinking like we want to wear each other down a little bit without wearing ourselves down. And I noticed a couple times Matt was standing like, like standing more than he had before. And so I was like, okay, maybe he's getting tired. But then also standing like awkward times, like maybe he's getting crampy. And we were about 
two laps to go, and I kept thinking of uh, the guy, Will, who had come up like a freight train. He took the mid-race sprint for the Omnium points because there's also a time trial on crit tomorrow. And I was like, okay, that kid, like, he didn't look lightning fast, but, like, it was only mid, mid-race print. Like, he's not going full gas and no one else was around him. But I'm like, maybe this dude can sprint, and I don't really want to be in a sprint with him. And I don't know. I know Matt's really strong and has had a good start to the season. Um, so I was like, okay, how do I assess these guys? Once I started seeing Matt look either crampy or tired, I'm not going to try to bring him and get away from the other guy because it's just going to be me pedaling. So it's like the strong have to destroy the weakest. So we went over the climb and you're going down this hill. It's like a, I don't know, maybe a two percent, negative 2%, like you're pedaling still. And Matt pedaled for like a decent amount of time going into this false flat. And I just looked at the other dude and like flicked. I'm like, yo, we're going. And Matt flicked his wrist and I attacked him. And I felt bad because I like Matt, but it's frenemies. Like I gotta, I have to throw the dagger in your heart for (laughs) just a little bit. And then I'm gonna give you a hug afterwards. The worst part is like, 10 minutes earlier, I, his wife gave me a gel. And I took the gel being like, I'm about to kill Matt. I'm so sorry. So we got rid of Matt. Uh, Matt, phenomenal ride. And he ended up coming in third. And it was me and Will. And um, we started trucking along. And he was, I was like, I can't tell if he's pulling a little lighter to like wait to duke this out. Or, and like save energy. Or maybe he's getting a little tired. And I, you know, I just don't know this guy. And this is like one of those things that we try to tell people and talk about when athletes start going to regional races and you leave your local pool and you're like, wait a minute, I'm going to race these 50 dudes. I don't know anybody. You just, <laughs> it comes up again. You just got to figure it out. Like, and so I thought this dude, he looks young, so he might have a lot of snap. Um, he is probably a little bit lighter than me. Like this last hill could possibly be a problem. What if I don't feel that great? Like we still have maybe another seven miles till we get to it. You know, we're 75 miles into this damn thing. I still felt good, but you know, the, the other thing is too, that you have to keep in uh, the back of your head if you're starting to race this season. Like the first hot race, or the first couple, the body might not like long durations. Luckily this race was only 85. So it's, you know, what was it? 315 total. If you're getting to four hours, it's, it, it definitely become more of a problem. But anyways, I'm like, you know what? We're going to go down this back stretch, and I'm just going to rip it and just see what he does. And I got a couple bike lanes on him, and I kept it, like, tempo-y, and then I hit it a little bit again. And I pretty quickly got about 30 seconds uh, up the road, the moto said. And I was like, all right, I just need to, like, time trial this bad boy. And he stayed pretty close. I got out of sight. It was twisty-turny enough that made me feel good that I couldn't see him got over the climb I hit that pretty good the last time up and then I don't really slow down I, I never you know you're committed don't look back too much like get a sense but keep a pace that you can you know you can take to the line um, and so yeah kept the gap won the race team won this thing it was uh, amazing like immediately after people were like yo dude your boys were like on it back there and that's that's kind of what we all expect to happen um if somebody gets up the road holy crap sorry we're about to we're getting a random 
accident there, and that car is jacked up. Um, sorry guys, we got a little uh, <laughs> slowed down and swervy for a second. Lost We're my train of thought. We're in the mountains. So I think the takeaways from this podcast are: I've talked to you know some newer racers, and I. I'm trying to figure out a better way of explaining to them, like, you just got to go race. Like, there are a couple teams I know that are cat fours, and they plan, 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 plan. This is Joey's time to get in the break today. And this is now on lap three, uh, after the second corner, you're going to attack. And then you're going to get, like, it just, that's not bike racing. There's so many variables. And I think that you are really doing yourself a disservice if you try to map these things out so that Christina can win today as opposed to the team winning. Like, I came across first, but the team won. There's no way I would have raced the way I raced and felt confident doing it. If I got to mile 60 and blew up, like, I think we were, we normalized, like, 350 for, at, like, two and a half hours. Like, you're not doing that if you're worried about blowing up. Like, if I blow then that's what we needed to do to stay away. Like somebody else on my team has to pick up the scraps somehow. But that's the whole point of being on a team. Like you can roll the dice in riskier ways, knowing that you have a squad behind you. So race as a team. We kind of talked about that in one YouTube video. Don't race for one person. Like you're, it's the exact opposite thing that you want to do. And then I think, uh, what's another takeaway, Patrick? I don't know. You all got to race your strengths. You got to know your teammates' strengths. Like, I've, I, I know you've written the way you've ridden with Jack, so I kind of know how Jack rides. We've talked about it. I've, we did a proper training ride last year. Um, obviously, everything's a little odd with just getting back to normal. Um, but, you know, Kyle and I were teammates for years. Like, we know how to play off each other. And I know when he's feeling good. I know when they're feeling good. Like, I, I'm paying attention to them. And we're all kind of racing for the common, for the team win. Like, we're all putting ourselves in the best possible situation. Yes. And, yeah, it's it's so rewarding to get together after, you know, and four people go such a long way. A, a four-man squad where everybody's fit and everybody's down with being flexible and not sticking to some pre impossible to... Yeah, to complete plan. The template. Anti-template comes up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The template team. That's funny. No, but I think just be flexible. Talk about the race. Understand what's coming up in the race. Understand the course. Understand who's there. But then go race, and, and you got to either be... You're trying to be proactive, but you also have to be reactive. Like, it's... Uh, you got to stick with it. you got to... Like, we were talking... Like, it's not running. Like, to figure out bike racing... It's there's a lot more to it. To figure out bike riding, there's a lot more to it. It's so it's so dynamic, and that turns people off. Like you gotta just stick with it. It's really important. Keep going. Keep going after it. Learn. The sixth sense of bike racing yeah. is a thing. Then the only way you can do it is experience. So um, it takes a long time to learn it, but I think I don't think it goes away once you've acquired some of it. And it's like if you went and you play with a Rubik's cube. And let's say you did it once a month, you know, maybe, I don't know, I've never done one of these, but I'm guessing that it would take you maybe more than a year, like, because you only do it 12 times. But what if you went and you jammed and you actually practiced, you got those reps in and you play with the Rubik's Cube twice a week, you're going to speed up, you're going to learn more, it's going to, you're going to build more foundation. So like, get to your local races, drive to a bike race, use your group rides as races, like 
learn how and roll the dice with things. Like we talked about the other guy uh, in a podcast that he's like, there's one super fast dude. I'm like, well, go with him. Like, have you ever tried to go with him? Like, see when you blow up. And then let's work things backwards. Like, okay, how do you get over that first climb with him? How do you get someone else to be confident enough that you all go? So now maybe four of you get away and three of you can, can beat up on the one super strong dude. Like, because you've tried and failed three, four times. And now people know, like, this guy's going for it. I'm going with him. Yeah. Like, just roll the dice and uh, have experiences and you will get faster. It's just get the reps in. So, yeah, this is a good one. 36 minutes. Nice. We're going to pull the plug on it. Any closing thoughts? No, it was great. Great job. Great ride. Great ride as well to you. Thank nice you, Kyle. Ride. Thank you, Jack. Uh, amazing to have a squad that's down. And good, good all. The thing I like is we're all kind of like all-arounders. That anybody can go up the road. Anybody can be in the covering moves. Um, we might not have a super climby GC dude. But... We're in America, so I think... don't really do too many yeah. races. He real far away. He lives far away. <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. If we go to Joe Martin, that'll be that'll be tough. But I think I want to do the 1-2 race. I'm down with that. Yeah. I don't really need to get crushed by the pros again. Although I do admit... No, nah, I don't want redemption. <laughs> <laughs> They're too fast. All right, guys. Uh, kudos to everybody that was at the race kudos to everybody that raced this weekend somewhere else kudos to everybody that got on the bike and trained and uh if we can help you out let us know hit me up or patrick brendan at evoke.bike patrick at evoke.bike alex at evoke.bike josh at evoke.bike craig at evoke.bike hit one of us up ask us a question we will definitely do our best to help you out make you faster make you stronger and have fun on the bike until next time, see ya. Oh, <laughs> and shout out Will. I'm really going to send you some lactigo. Stuff is amazing. <laughs> Bye.